Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back. It's been a hot minute, but we are back here on the Causeway Kings of the WMEX Podcast Network. Your buddy Benny, Clance, Marshall, that's who we got tonight, the three-peat hat trick, here you go combo, and we're going to break it down for you. Where do we even pick it up where we left it off? First of all, Boys, good to see you. It's always great to see the fucking mugs on this crew, let me tell you. But yeah, it's been a while since we recorded. Nathan McKinnon just turned on a whole new fucking level of speed against Donnell Nurse, making it 2-1 in the Western Conference Finals, but we can get to that later. But I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys and talking favorite sex positions and fucking all that good jazz. Well, there you go. That's the important part. Meryl, how are you? I don't know how to improve on that. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I just want to talk some hockey. A lot going on with the Bruins. Um, nothing necessarily really good. Obviously, they were eliminated, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, independent of that, the fucking postseason has been pretty awesome. I mean, the yeah. games have been really compelling. Um, the teams that people want to see are in the Final Four um and it's gonna be fun like it, it's really exciting i'm a little bit behind um uh clance with the game so i just saw open a puck drop but it's gonna be fun i i get the, i'm still compelled by the uh by the playoffs for sure there, there's still a lot of compelling stories and obviously a lot of stars so it's gonna be awesome yeah no i'm gonna doubt. start keeping track of how many times merrill says compelled or compelling compelling this, ep- this episode how about i start saying congruent too fucking fucking Spitting, for, spitting some isms with, uh, you know, uh, geometry fucking, and stuff. Try spelling it first, numbnuts. That's why they have spell check. <laughs> well, I, I stopped le- caring about linguistics <laughs> when they got rid of cursive in school. That was that was the fucking hill that I died on. Oh, my goodness. Can we talk about that for a sec? Because that happened. I won't name names, but I had someone write something that was significantly younger than myself today. And the thing that they handed me with writing on it, I said, what what am I looking at? The basic handwriting. I could not read it for the life of me. I absolutely could not, and I actually had to translate. I said, "I'm sorry, but what? Tell me what you tried to write here, and I'll write it correctly." That's amazing. Wow, I tell you, social rod is a real thing. It's it's freaking scary, you know. Uh, not to make go down on a, a rabbit hole, but man, oh man, I I agree. Some of the shit you see on a daily basis it's pretty frightening yeah i feel like an old man it's like oh you know i haven't wrote a check in a long time but i still know how to write one i could still like write in cursive i I feel like anybody below the age of 30 has no clue what fucking cursive is oh yeah no i mean i'm sure we all went to school and all those were like plastic cards up on the uh walls usually up by the chalkboards right it was just they were always there through elementary school i remember them every classroom had them they had the uppercase yeah. letter and the lowercase letter. That's right, you know, and the, the matching paper so you could learn how to write it. Man, we are, uh, I, I hate to admit it, boys, but we might be getting old. Yeah, I'm, I'm, old, as, I'm old as dirt. I, I feel like 41, and I, some, I, some days I feel it more than others. But I'll be, uh, I'll be turning 39 three weeks from tomorrow. Woohoo! Wow. Yeah. Got to do something to celebrate that. I gotta, uh, we got to hang out. Got to gotta get out and get a beer. That's what we yeah. got to do. We got to get some a, beers. We'll throw a fucking handicap plate on your car, Clance, and we'll get the best parking space in Braintree. Let's go. You're fucking older than me. <laughs> that was Not an illusion of your injury, dude. Not by much. <laughs> oh, no. Believe me. I got, hey, no word, no joke. You can ask my wife. I get eggs every now and then. I got uh, AARP fucking mailings. No word of a lie. I do. I, I do. I do too. It's, it's, quite, <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite depressing, actually. It's, it's one it of those is, things I, in life. I, I get angry. I'm like, fuck this shit. I, I, what do you, dude? I'm it, only 41. I'm not fucking. Once I get to like 50, okay. You know what's funny is my wife asked me. She's like, so like, what do you, what do you want to do for your 40th? I'm like, my wife. Can I can I can I fucking turn 39 first? Can I handle that first? <laughs> can I cancel and we'll it? And we worry about 40 later. Like, Definitely already. Like, Subtly, by the way, lowered your expectations on your 39th birthday. Notice how she did that there? Already looking <laughs> past it. No, because she already knows that it's like sucky for me because I usually, every year for Father's Day and my birthday, I always go golfing. 
and I'm uh, not allowed. To, I'm not allowed to golf right now until at least end of end of July, beginning of August. Ugh. So, we'll still be back before Marshan, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we we should get to that and figure, you know, see what the fuck's going to happen with that situation. We got a ton that we could talk about with the Bruins. Um, you know, on the Marsh, we'll start with the Marshan thing. I mean, it, a lot of the other stuff has been pounded into the ground, but we'll still get to it, obviously, because we haven't given our two cents, but. Um, it's obviously, I mean, you know, n- not breaking news in this regard. It's fucking, you know, depressing. And it's and it's kind of scary to think that there's a possibility that your entire first line will not be there opening night. Now, Jake DeBrusque, whatever, you know, I mean, like he's a good player that, you know, they're going to trade him. His value is, is hasn't been this high in years. But like, you know, if Bergeron retires and then you have, no Marshand, like that's a that's a tough that's a tough road to hoe. I mean, it, it's um, I feel like between this and Bergeron's decision, like I think they're waiting to see what ultimately happens as far with Bergeron, like as far as making a coaching change. But I mean, they can. I think that he's probably going to miss. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the first twenty games. I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to tread water without him. He's so vital in every step of the, you know, all three zones, uh, penalty kill, power play, like. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you have to look at it. Granted, you know, they're two completely different positions, right? Tuka Rask had his hip surgery, tried to come back, and had to retire. Marshawn had the, is having the exact same hip surgery, but this time on both hips. Double, double. Hip surgery. Now, granted, you know, they're two different positions. So, I mean, most likely Marshawn is going to be able to come back and play again. But, I mean, they're saying four to six months. Now, is that four to six months where he's going to be ready to play in a game or four to six months before he can start skating again? It's a huge difference. Because then it's like, okay, four to six months he starts skating, he's probably going to need a solid four to six weeks of heavy on-ice conditioning and strengthening and all that stuff to get in game shape. I mean, yeah, I don't see him playing again until December, January, to be completely honest with you. And you um, could be and you could. I mean, I don't know if they're I, I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the league, but I mean, they might be out of the playoffs at that point. I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's it's a. Uh, you know, I feel like this team has a fine line. They, they've got good players. And, and like I said, they're not going to be a lottery team. But, I mean, they're stuck in that perpetual purgatory. And, um, you know, I, I feel like this this is definitely a, a game changer. You know, if if you got a situation where you lose Bergeron, it, it, but, you know, you, you maybe you sign a guy in free agency or you trade for a center – and, you know, they make a couple other moves. Maybe, you know, Krejci comes back, just throwing it out there. You know, you're only, you're only tinkering. But but now, you know, you you have that possibility of not having Marchand or Bergeron. It, it's a uh, – I don't know how you can recover from that. I mean, you're become a one-line team. Yeah, that's going to be a bad hit. You, you can't really lose everybody like that. And I know there's some people calling for a complete blow-up of what's left. And, man, there's not no. much left. You know, Bergie and Marshy are the last two bits, you know, of that old team. You got Pasternak, they they can't blow it up because Pasternak's a free agent after next year, and he'll just be like, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm not going to do a rebuild. I mean, they've got to – I don't think they can afford to do it. I don't think they need to to blow up and and do a full rebuild. I mean, if you make some of the right moves with trading players and open up salary cap, Seeing, you know, you already know what's out there on the on the you know UFA market. Make the moves early. Like get get involved early. Get in talks early because realistically, and I mean, I haven't seen anything arise, but I haven't heard one thing about any contract talk with Bergeron. No, same. And so he I, has nothing public. I, I would almost go into this offseason as if we don't have Bergeron, we don't have Marshawn. All but right. They can't. They can't wait like they did with Krejci, Clan. No, exactly. I, I agree. They can't. They need Don Sweeney needs to get off his fucking ass and prove his worth and go out and make stiff make shit happen. He needs to go out and, and sign some high end players that are UFAs 
that you need to get, you know, get rid of some of the trades, get rid of some of the, you know, the, the dead weight and bring in some top players that are going to make a difference and fill in those gaps. I mean, goalie, I think we're set. Defense, I still think I, I would love to see them go after Sidorov from yep. uh, Calgary. He's a UFA. He's a big, massive body back there. He's physical. Um, I think, you know, that can make a huge difference. And then you work on your, your couple forward spots that you need. I don't think we need a full rebuild. I, I think we're not the no. fucking Chicago Blackhawks. We're not the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, we all know my thoughts on them, but no, we got legendary. We, we got too many good players. I mean, you got you got Lindholm and McAvoy on the back end. Um, you know, you're hoping some guys take a step forward. Uh, you, you're hoping if you don't trade them, you, you know, which I don't know if you could get full value for them anyway. Um, you know, you hope Carlo has a bounce back year. If you know, you slot in. You try and slot in a guy like Zadorov, who you totally talked me into, Clance. Definitely a sales guy right there with that. Uh, with that, but um, you know, and, and I think you know they need to. They need. They need to. They're going to trade a defenseman. Everybody you've you've heard who, who knows anything about the Bruins, they're going to. Riley's probably gone just by proxy because, you know, you got Grizzlick shoulders in forty eight pieces. And he's probably, you know, he's probably going to be on IR for the, for at least a half a season. Uh, okay. the, there's a, there's a chance they buy out Felino. So, you know, you're going to have Riley going, like I said, and you know, you're also going to have DeBrus going. And then maybe if they do trade Carlo, I mean, I'm just doing some quick math. I mean, how much money does that free up to, to go make, uh, you know, a free agent signing uh, at center and D and then maybe, you know, even if they don't trade, you know, there's two options they could take. And again, I'm just spitballing things here. You trade DeBrusque for future draft picks and then try and recoup there and then take the money that was vacated by the guys they got rid of and sign free agents. Or do you look to make a hockey trade? And, you know, I wasn't, you know, you, you were on board with it. You kind of liked it when I sent you that article about um, Carlo and DeBrusque to Chicago for Kirby Doc, a center. I would love Kirby Doc. He, he's a big, skilled player. Um, you know, he's not afraid to get to get dirty. He can put the puck in the net. Um, I believe he was a first round pick. Yes. Um, you know, I think he'd be a good fit. I think. You know, but then again, you got to look at the centers, right? I mean, is he a first line center? I, yes. He's a uh, well, yeah. That that's to be seen. Yeah, he was a third overall pick. Yeah. He's drafted. The, to be that. So, I, I mean, I feel like, again, it, with the Bergeron thing, it's almost like you just have to go out and put the team together thinking he's not coming back. You know, I mean, I'm, obviously everyone has seen, you know, David Pasternak and David Krejci lighting it up in the world championships. And then, you know, there's the Instagram story of Pasternak asking Krejci if he's going to come back to Boston and Krejci just smiles and, doesn't say anything and you know that we all know what Chiggs is doing right now if that's the case it's like that scene in Slapshot it's uh, the coach sitting back there you know that story about the time they brought me this fellow named or uh, yeah. whoever the guy <laughs> he just had this horrible masturbating problem just couldn't stop himself he would get in a penalty box on purpose just for a couple of minutes alone it was unbelievable and that well, was of course back in the days when a nickel was still worth a dime you know <laughs> here's the other thing too like Again, you know, where's just spitballing things we're seeing on uh, like uh, cap friendly and in, in, in you know the free agent tracker. But you look at teams like I like I said on the text chain, like Minnesota is going to have to get rid of players. Like they 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 went all in on this season, so there's going to be guys available like Nick Delorier, who would I would love to see them get you know as a depth guy. Um, you know, a guy like even though he's a winger. You might, you know, maybe you can you can get him on the cheap or, or or cheaper because they have to dump guys like a Kevin Fiala, who's a who's a good player. Um, so there's gonna be there's gonna be a, a lot of moving parts here. Um, you, you, the guys that are gonna become available that maybe we're not even thinking of right now, the teams that are trying to shed salary because a, a thing that gets lost in the weeds is the salary cap isn't going up for a few years because of. You know, this league really got poor because of COVID, and that you know they don't have the they don't it went make up a million dollars for next year. Barely, yeah. Yeah, it went up it like a million bucks. bucks. 
I mean, I'm looking at the list right now on the top UFAs out there right now. Johnny Goudreau, number yes. one, which he, he already came out and said he wants to stay in Calgary. Yeah. Even though he's wearing a Flyers training jersey like a day after getting eliminated. Claude, Claude Giroux yeah. um, was non-committal about Florida, by the way. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw that. And then they got Chris Letang out there, Nazem Kadri, Philip Forsberg, who I'd love to see him in a Bruins uniform, Evgeny Malkin. But I heard he was already re-signed in Pittsburgh. No, he was part of that ridiculous trade stuff. Remember when Latang was given an offer and Sidney Crosby was offended uh, by Oh, yes, that's right. He was part of that, I'm pretty um, sure. Has, you got, uh, he's actually on the ice right now. Valerie Nishkushkin from Colorado. Nishkushkin, yeah. Nishkushkin. He's, you know, he's 27 years old. He's 6'4", 210 pounds. He was a first-round pick, 10th uh, overall. He has yep. 25 goals, 27 assists. You know um, one thing I said on the text chain, Clance, and I don't know why this is the case. And the only reason why I don't think they'll sign Zadorov is just because the Bruins, they never try and sign Russian players. It's the, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is. They've been burned, man. Think about it. It's Alexei Zhamnov's fault. Way back in the early 2000s, the organization just never, after that, really invested into any Russian talent like that. I mean, they're... I mean, but there's so many there's I mean, when you look at the countries and you and you look at the high end players like not not like, you know, your third and fourth line guys. I'm talking about like your high end elite players. A, a lot of them are Russian. Like, look at the goalies. Like, look at your Eastern Conference finals. Like, I'm just saying that I don't feel like on the international stage, the Bruins have have really left every stone unturned you know they had a partnership with some Finnish team in the Finnish league and they were all in with you know pj axelson you know in sweden and you know when we PJ constantly and when we talk about what they're lacking they're you know even cassie said they're lacking pricks on their team that they, they kind of they kind of have evolved into that sort of that that european style and but not the you know not a russian style where it's a little bit more of a of a speed and heavy game. It's just kind of a, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but my point is, is that I, I don't think that internationally they're, uh, they're really, they're leaving every stone unturned. Right. Well, it comes down to the scouting department. You know, we talked about it in a past episode. We broke it down. Who's who, where are they at? What are they looking for? And who told them to look for it like that? You know, and it's a long list of people. Um, but you know what? They just haven't drafted all that well at all, the Bruins. I mean, they've been lucky on a couple of swings, but we all remember how Mark Bellhorn worked out. I'm glad you had a couple of hits in the World Series when it mattered most, a couple of home runs well-placed. But otherwise, I mean, one, two, swing and a miss, Bellhorn down on strikes. You know, And yeah. that's how I feel like the Bruins drafting has been. Maybe that's where they need to do the, the Bruins should have a rebuild as in their drafting department. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think it's been, you know – it, it's been spotty. They've obviously hit, you know, the Swayman McAvoy draft was obviously a good draft. I mean, the, the elephant in the room is the 2015 draft, but um, I think it's more their philosophy. Like we talked about before we came on, like the, the drafting of guys like John Beecher and Trent Frederick, you know, guys that if they hit their ceilings are, are bottom six forwards, like, you you need to you need to swing for the fences a little more when your first round picks especially, and uh, and try and go for the high end skill set and you know, not to bring this up and go off on a tangent but I just need to say that, I mean I, some of the some of the people obviously you know being on Twitter now you guys know I wasn't always on Twitter but but some of the some of the shit that people say as far as like. Well, you know, I, I had one guy say to me, well, you know, it's it's kind of a good thing they didn't draft anybody good in 2015 because they wouldn't know how to develop them anyway. You know, I'm like, well, if that's the fucking case, Sweeney should have been fired seven years ago. Like that is completely asinine <laughs> to, to say, yeah. well, well, you know, they wouldn't. And I heard somebody else say this, I, you know, oh, well, you know, they, they drafted Barzell. How, how would he develop? It's like, you, you've got to be kidding me. Well, how would he develop? Well, look at the spot you're in now. You have nobody to replace Patrice Bergeron. You have no, you, you have no talent really on your bottom, uh, you know, your bottom six. And, you know, you, you're in this position because you haven't drafted well. So that is just asinine. Like, like the fact that people say that is just totally infuriating. Agreed. Agreed. 
Joining us via the fun phone now, we got Beacon jumping in. Brendan, can you hear us? I hope so. Yes, we got you loud and clear, buddy. How are you, and how's everything going? Oh, you know, just sitting in this Route 3 traffic because I make my way downtown. So, same old, same old, but it's good to be back on as we enjoy a post-mortem on the Bruins season and get ready for the Stanley Cup Finals in a couple weeks. The autopsy, yeah. Right. Uh, it's, you know... Beacon, I want to get your thoughts on, um, you know, you're you're in the, you're in the media world and all that, and are you hearing any rumblings of contract talks with Bergeron, or because we were just saying how we haven't heard anything or seen anything, and I know at the end of the season they said they're going to give him his time and his space and all that, but I mean, we don't, you really don't want the Bruins sitting around, you know, with their thumbs up their asses and you know, diddling themselves while, you know, Bergeron could be getting ready to walk out the door when he probably doesn't want to. I don't get the, I don't get the sense that they're diddling around for sure. Uh, I went to the Cam uh, Neely press conference last week and they went over basically kind of what their game plan was for this off season. Uh, looks like John Sweeney's sticking around, if I were to guess, just based on how uh, their contract situation is shaking out and it seems like it's just not the final number from that side of things but um in terms of just whether they're going to be bringing back Bergeron Neely basically said it himself we don't have a lot of time to be worrying about whether he's going to come back and it feels like they're trying to I wouldn't say pressure him per se to make a decision but may have given him a little prod be like hey we just want to know what the deal is sort of that sort of thing that's just what I'm taking is the uh, organization has looked into with Bergeron but as for official terms on an extension of sorts, I don't have any uh, news on that front. What I was saying before you came on is they can't afford to wait around like they did with Krejci. Like, uh, I hope they learn their lesson in that regard. Well, I would. I believe they have. Neely said it. He said we don't have a lot of time to be basically waiting around for people to make decisions because we have our own decisions to make. So I think the Bruins are going to be making moves this offseason. They want to compete. They essentially said we don't have any plans of blowing this up. and becoming a losing hockey team because nobody wants to watch that. So I feel like they're just going to try and piece it together. If, if Bergeron leaves, they're going to have to find a replacement. And is it going to come from in the system? I don't know. I don't know if they have anyone of that caliber to move up to that slot. I mean, I don't see Charlie Coyle being that guy. I don't see any of the other guys on the fourth line being that guy either. I think uh, they might have to explore something from outside the system. Is it going to be as good as Bergeron? Probably not. But they're probably going to have to look at the free agent margin if I were to uh, – Already yeah, yeah. I I wanted to take this time too. We can ask you to uh, talk about that press conference they had to Beacon and kind of get your thoughts, and we can bounce it up, off with you know myself, Clance, and and Ben. Um, they kind of they kind of left uh, they kind of left uh, Cassidy out, kind of you know twisting in the wind. Did you get that sense? Uh, I mean, it wasn't a definitive we're bringing back Cassidy that's what I definitely got um and I think he's kind of just a casualty in all this like I don't think Cassidy's a, a bad coach I think he's a, done a great job with the uh, tools he's been given uh, I think it's really been roster construction and just um not having all the exact pieces you need once you get to the playoffs because then the whole starts to show up a little bit more uh it felt like uh, Kim Neely basically said they think he's a good coach but changes might be going now does that mean Cassidy is for sure gone not a definitive statement, but I mean, it's not they're ringing endorsement saying they're going to be bringing uh, bringing him back, which I think is unfortunate because I think Cassidy has done a great job. Yeah, I mean, you got. I'm looking at you know just going back real quick to the Bergeron situation. You know, you got a guy that's what he's 34, 35, 36 years old. 36. He's been in the league since 2003. He's been a lifer. This is a guy you know, who spent half his life in the Bruins organization. So. I get the sense that Bergeron is going to either call it quits and retire a Bruin in that space, or he's coming back here. It's one or the other. I just don't get the sense that he's going somewhere else, even if his agent is working directly with the Habs. I just don't see that happening. I don't get that sense. He's basically said he's been a, a Bruin his whole life here. It would be weird to do something like that. So I don't get, I don't get the, uh, I don't seem to think that he's going to be leaving anytime soon to go somewhere else, but, Will he leave and call it a career? That's a possibility. Let me ask you guys this. 36-year-old Bergeron, you know, obviously still produces, gives you good points. Do you kind of say, you know, let him go off into the, you know, the sunset, 
after having a great career. And then you go out and you bring in a Philip Forsberg, who is a first-line center, only 27 years old, who you can probably sign for long-term like you did with Lindholm. And now you get a guy that's putting up 40-plus goals a year. You're getting more production. You're getting a much more skilled player. Is he the Bergeron-type player? No, but is he what the Bruins need? I think so. I think it's something like that. I think it plays out something like that. Ben, I didn't mean to cut you off. You wanted to go? Yeah, I was just going to agree with you guys at the points, actually. Uh, it's an interesting choice to be in that position, and I can't imagine he actually goes anywhere. He's probably, you know, he, he just got the captaincy. We all said he was going to be the next captain, but it was a long time in between, and his prime has obviously passed him, but he's still got some fight in him. That's no doubt about it. So we'll see what he, what he does. I think maybe he plays one more season. <clears throat> if he calls it a career, certainly nothing wrong with that either. No, no, I was going to say, I think right now the way his stage of his career, like he'd be the perfect second line center. You know what I mean? To come back oh, to, yeah. to be a second line to somebody, you know, to a Phil Forsberg or to, uh, you know, whoever you want to throw out there. Uh, uh, you know, it, I, you know, I, I kind of talk myself into even like a guy like Nazem Kadri, but to, you know, be calm. One thing that I found kind of outrageous, but is that how, like, there's no introspection with this with this management group. They're like, hey, you know, it, you know, can, we need to change the way we coach. But anybody who's who's worth their salt or who's an honest, you know, an honest analyst of hockey knows that their drafting overall hasn't been quite good enough. But for for the Sweeney to not even just say, hey, you know, I need to be better. Like, it's the cliche hockey line. Whether it's you're the player or coach, I need to be better. I need to be better. But it just. I just, I'm like, either, I mean, I just can't believe that they would sit there and just tell people that, yeah, you know, we need to change how we coach, but pay no attention to some of the free agent signings I've made and the fact that, uh, you know, our draft picks aren't aren't quite measuring up when you look at everybody else in our division and in the conference. Just, uh, that I found absurd. Well, I mean, I don't think uh, Sweeney's done a terrible job in terms of drafting completely. I mean, 2015, that is a glaring, glaring mark right there for sure. Um, overall, in terms of his GM skills so far, uh, I think he, he does, he gets an A basically for making moves at the deadline, bringing in players who are proven. But when it comes to drafting, I, he's got like a C minus, C plus on that end of it. So yeah. uh, I don't know. It's it, I, I think some changes might have to be made, but he doesn't stop. No, no, he doesn't. No, I, I, there are definitely wars. Like the, 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 he is, I will give him credit here. He acknowledged that changes have to be made. He does have to start making some extra moves if this team is going to take that next step. And feels like the organization knows that changes are coming. Um, I feel like they're just tied together, maybe just because the way the core has been constructed. They've been together so long, they just have a hard time peeling off pieces like that, unless it's egregious, like Shirelli was a few years ago. Well, I, I, yeah, I, I think Cam and Sweeney are definitely a package deal. Like they're both going to go, you know, but my, here's just my thing before, you know, I, I shut up because I feel like I'm talking too much, but like how many, just think of it this way. How many hires do you get as a GM before the, the finger starts pointing to you? Like, okay, you fire Claude, you bring in Cassidy. Okay. You're going to fire Cassidy and you're going to bring in whoever, because, you know, whether it's Barry Trotz or Peter DeBoer or, or, or Paul Maurice or whoever, you know, the, my thing is, what else could you have possibly gotten out of this team? They weren't elite in anything, one given skill set. They got they defended great. They they got 107 points. I'm not saying that you can't find somebody better, but if you're going to blow out the coach, blow out everything and, and, and just kind of and just kind of start fresh in that department. I'm not saying you blow up the roster, but. Like it, it just, it's just one of those things to keep in mind. Like how many, how many hires is Sweeney going to have? And if I'm Bruce Cassidy, like, why am I changing? Like fire me, then, then give me my severance package. I'll go to another team. I'll have a job tomorrow. Like that, that's just my point on it. Here's, here's my scenario, guys. You ready for this one? Go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. Bergeron retires. Cassidy gets fired. Yep. Bergeron comes in as the new head coach. They signed Forsberg first line center. Hey. <laughs> outrageous stranger tales have been told something like that ever happened <laughs> jason spezza just went up to the front office like stranger tales have been told maybe 
I mean, just look at the Celtics. I know we're not supposed to cross sports here, but just look at the Boston Celtics. Like, did you expect Brad Stevens to be a GM and then the Celtics to be in the finals for next year? Crazy nope. things happen all the time. Who knows? Yeah. Could you imagine? That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, uh, the guy's – well. I mean, he's definitely got a future in hockey if he wants it. I mean, you talk about well-respected. There's nobody who will ever say a bad word about him, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy is the epitome of class. Played the yep. game the right way, does everything right on and off the ice. Like, if you can, if you couldn't, and I'm just saying generically, like if you had a problem with Patrice Berger on the coach, like there's something, there's something seriously wrong with you. That would be something fantastic, huh? I think he's the type of guy that's going to take a few years off before he considers coming back. Not problem. He's beat up. He wants to spend time with the kids. He wants to spend time with his family for a few years and then maybe get back into the sport somehow, maybe as a scout, maybe as a skating coach or offensive line coach, something like that. We'll see how it goes. But I, I don't see him as the guy who's going to transition right to being a head coach, the coaching role. That's just yeah. me from my perspective. Yeah. No, I, I, I was just completely like hypothetical, like thinking outside That'd the box awesome. here. I love it what you're thinking like that. It could also be the edible kicking in. I don't know. I mean, you know, back Sponsored in the day, I mean, I know you guys. CBD, just saying, <laughs> check it out. Causeway Kings 33, get you 15% discount if you go to fuse-health.com and give Matt a jingle jangle. Let him know you heard about it right here on Causeway Kings on WMEX. Okay, continue. Absolutely. I need some of those gummies again, by the way. But um, before, I, before I park in five minutes or so to get out of the car and call it a night, um, be sure to remind me to uh, plug Angelina's. Okay, hey, Angelina'sJumbo.com. And by the way, Plants, you're going to love this place. It's over in Braintree. It's got a pizza. All right, so first of all, Italian handmade pizzas. Yeah, Angelina's they got an Pizza. Ice I know cream very well. Bar. It's got all the stuff anybody's ever going to need, and it's right off the highway. So, folks, don't forget, and hopefully not after the fuse, even though it wouldn't affect you while you're driving anyway. Enjoy the – you know what? Forget it. Enjoy the fuse and Angelina's home tossed Italian pizzas. It's good stuff. <laughs> Go for it, AngelinasJumbo.com. I'm going to do that. I know Clance is thinking about it now because it's just up the street from you, buddy. I know it is. It is. It's about a four-minute drive for me. Ooh, he's got the good stuff coming. Ooh, he's going to get the jumbo. Ooh, just saying. <laughs> jumbo. After the shit and I ate and drank over the last couple of days, I cannot eat anything unhealthy right now. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> he's gonna you're gonna throw up a pork chop like uh like bill swarsky super fan there oh. who was that <laughs> who was, who was that? oh that was chris Farley. duh bears <laughs> i thought that was i thought that was what's his face i thought that was mike myers he's gonna have a heart attack that's a good reference i like that one marshall all right no. let's let's get back into hockey brendan you said your t-minus to uh having a jump out so final thoughts and uh what do you think oh How i've do- got i've still got a couple Oh, you still got a couple minutes. Okay, good. Beacon, what are your odds on Cassidy being fired? (laughs) Let's just cut to the chase. Oh, I'm not going to divulge on that. You know me. I mean, I think it all boils down to if Bergeron comes back or not. I mean, that's that's my personal opinion. I think a lot of it hinges on Bergeron coming back because the team seemed at the press conference that it just seemed like they're waiting on a decision from him before they start knocking over all their other dominoes and going from there. That's I think once Bergeron makes his decision, you're going to see a lot of stuff happening really fast at Warrior and at TD Garden really quick. It has to. They got a lot. They got for as much as they I mean, they do have a lot of, you know, high end players. They do still have just as many like holes to fill. They're like half they're like half a team or half a contending team right now. Uh, yeah, it's, they have definitely some holes to fill. It looks like they're good defensively. But, of course, as soon as they finally get caught up defensively, get the white wheel and the left shot the best they've been trying to get, I mean, of course, then it looks like Bergeron's leaving and their offense is going to start losing pieces. So it's a chess match, man. It always has been, and that's uh, it looks like it's going to be that way for a little bit longer with the Bruins. On a positive note, I'd love to just talk about Swayman's play in the um, World Championships for, for hockey. I mean – the fucking kid was lights out up until the semifinal game, you know, and that still wasn't even a bad game. I mean, I think he played, that was the first game he let up goals, I think. Yeah. He, I, I was happy for him just to, again, high level hockey on a big stage. 
you know, that experience, I mean, obviously it's not the NHL, but still like it's immeasurable. And I, I mean, they, the Europeans, that that's a huge deal over there. Like that's a, that's a crazy atmosphere. I mean, you saw how, how the Czechs were partying after they won their bronze medal. Like it, it's a, it's a big deal over there. And for him to go over there and have success, I mean, that's, that's going to do nothing but build his confidence in a head in terms of his headspace. I mean, the kid already has unreal ability athletically, but I, I think it's going to help mold him into a, into a complete uh, confident goaltender. I mean, he played seven games, had 2.23 goals against average with a 0.91 save percentage. Not too shabby. No, and and I got to tell you, to go over there and play on that stage with that publicity and and that talent and put a performance in like that, that just has to boost his confidence for next year to be like, hey, Linus, love you to death, pal, but that number one spot is mine. You know? Totally. I mean. I hope so. Yep. It's also he's also been through a lot just in the last year of you know having to be sent down to Providence and have to deal with failure. Like, well, not failure, but maybe in his own mind, you know, have to have to deal with that hurdle and, and to push through it. I, I think it's only going to help him. I agree. Agreed. Well, it's just good to see the kid out there and uh, putting up good numbers. And like you said, not really even knowing many of the teammates, just jumping in and going for it. You know, That's yeah, pretty hardcore if you ask me. Uh, what else we have? We uh, talking about pasta and Krejci lighting it up. Of course, we talked about that swimming in. Uh, let's talk about the playoffs at large, just generally up to this point. A lot has happened, and thank goodness the uh, Carolina Hurricanes got the wallop in they had coming oh. to them. I never thought I'd be rooting for the Rangers, but hey, there you go. It happened. Uh, they're not. By the way, the Rangers have absolutely no chance against Andre Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning. No chance at all. I don't think. They might make a series of it, but in the end, Tampa Bay is going to the finals. No doubt I about think, it. I think that series is going seven games. Um, but, I mean, Shesterkin, or however you pronounce his last name, is a force to be reckoned with. He is going to be an absolute st- – he already is a stud in the league. I mean, that series could go 50-50, to be honest with you. I'm, I don't know. I'm, it's going to be a great wanna... series, you know? It's going to be great. I, it's, to, let's see. If they could steal one, if they could split the first two, I think it's going to be a series. I know they have home ice against Tampa, but, like, if if it's a if it's 1-1 going back to Tampa, I still think it's going to be a long series. Like, they, you know, I just, I think, you know, if Sisterkin is locked in, I, I think that's a six or seven game series, in my opinion. I think it's going to go seven. I hope it goes seven too. That's going to be quality hockey right and, there. And Shesterkin has some swag to his game too, man. He's got confidence. He doesn't give a shit. There's been a few games throughout the playoffs where he's waving to the other team, going off the Pittsburgh. ice. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. Last night they, uh, yeah, was it last night? Yeah, last night they clinch against uh, Carolina. And yep. the fans are giving him shit on the glass. And he just goes over and gives him high fives and oh, smiles. Like, the fucking kid's got swag. He's got confidence. He he is the real deal. And I'm not counting the Rangers out. Well, don't count him out then. Beacon, your final thoughts before you hop off. Uh, NHL playoffs to this point, And who do you think's heading to the finals? Oh, I still think Tampa's going to the finals. They impressed me with their big win over Florida. I think they're going to win it in six games. And then they're going to easily uh, coast to the finals there. Um Colorado is my pick to go from the West. Uh, once the two teams meet up, I think that could go six to seven games. I'm going to pick Colorado because I like Kale McCarr being a UMass guy. My take on the crazy video, <laughs> my take on the crazy video, I don't think he's coming back. I, I That video gave me vibes of the Brady Edelman, is he coming back video a few years ago where they were spotted courtside in the game. Edelman's trying to coax him back to uh, New England and Brady ends up signing with Tampa shortly thereafter. I think Gragey's done. I think Gragey's sticking uh, overseas. He's going to keep on playing hockey over there, sticking with his family, and he's avoiding the stress. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think maybe the door's ajar a little bit um, if Cassidy's out the door, just because I think after his comments to the the Czech newspaper there uh, earlier in the season, um, you know, he clearly clearly wasn't a fan of Cassidy. Yeah. 
So, you know, that that's uh, just, you know, I agree. But I mean, I put it at like 90 percent. He's gone 10 percent that he would come back. I think it's 50 50. <laughs> Always pot stirring at him. Always no, I think I think I would not be surprised if Proshnok is not the only one in his ear. Oh no! Doubt. I bet you oh, he's I, already. Oh no! Him. I bet there's more than that. I bet there. I bet a couple of teammates probably are echoing the same sentiment. I just think he's done, and the only reason I do so is because that gave me the vibes. Like, uh, yeah, you know, I'd always consider it. But I'm happy where I am right now. Or I, in Brady's case, was like, mm, I, I think I'm done. If you get me. We, we shall see. Time we shall see. Hey, hopefully I'm wrong. I, I'd love to have Brady back. Bring Brady back. Especially when they don't, uh, especially when they don't have anything really, really coming in the, uh, in the old pipeline. Yeah, at least as a bridge gap. But again, guys, I got to take you off for the night. Thanks again for having me on the podcast. You can catch my work as always at WMEX Sports. I uh, can uh, see some of my work in the Boston Herald, and you catch me on Twitter at Beacon sixty three. Excellent. Thank you, buddy. Always appreciate you checking in, and Thanks. you be safe out and about in Boston town. Thanks, Beacon. You as well, guys. Talk to you soon. See you, be gone. Dude, this Colorado-Edmonton game. Unbelievable. It, it's 5-3. It's literally just going back and forth, goal for goal. This it's is so yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. This is what hockey playoffs was supposed to look like this whole time. Game by game, it was supposed to be like this. And I got to tell I you, agree. like, there's a few moments that my jaw has just been on the floor. Like, wow. Like, that is amazing. These are some top-tier talents. And... The show that they're putting on. Oh, oh, get the popcorn, baby. The couch is ready. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just back and forth right now. I mean, it, and, uh, you know, Edmonton, they just need a, they need a guy to make a save. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, Mike Smith I mean, is good at it, but he. Uh, long he, short of it. He's, but, he's like a marshmallow sundae or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. He, this game is just. I'm picking Edmonton for this series. I I would love to see Edmonton win this series too. I just because of the Ben Stelter thing. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for a good story, and and not that uh, you know, not that it's wrong. Obviously, I just you know he's a kid fighting through. Uh, I believe it's brain cancer, and uh, he, he's sort of like the Layla Anderson for uh, for for Edmonton. If you guys remember that story from uh, the uh, Blue Stanley Cup run, but um, you know, I mean that's. Yep. The, but the only reason you could feel good about the Blues win, and I, I can't believe the, uh, no. the Bruins lost to that idiot Jordan Biddington with his water uh, bottle throwing exploits. Did you see the comment he made around that? Yeah, he, 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 he was like to the fact that I saw an opportunity and I went for it. A God-given opportunity. God, yeah, I was yeah. – Like, God. stop it, dude. You just got mad that somebody hit you. Like, stop it. And throw a water bottle He's, at him. I tell oh, you, he is, he, is, he is tapped. Like he's got a he's got a legitimate screw loose. Well, that's what makes him a good goaltender, you know. I get it, but at the same time, sit down, brother. There's going to be throwing stuff at people. Yeah, but like when he's doing shit like that, he, if, he, if he keeps acting like that, he's just going to become a distraction to the team. Yeah, you can't do that, man. And Clance, we know all about it here. We talk about coaching uh, all the time. You know, being a toxic teammate is not the kind of thing that's going to make you a better player. Certainly, and it's not going to make you any more liked. By the boys nope. or the coaches? Nope, I agree. It's you can have all the God-given talent in the world, but if you're if if you're not coachable and you're you're an asshole and you're a distraction, like you're just gonna run yourself out of the league. Yeah, Tony Tony D'Angelo has kind of turned his career around a little bit since joining Carolina. I'll be honest with you. Um, I still wouldn't you know, want him. Oh well, six it's now six six three. Kale McCarr. <laughs> Just dancing. Oh, my God. Oh, and here comes the backup. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hoskinen, who, by the way, he he already has, like, a deal in principle with a team overseas. Right. After right. the season. I, I find that fucking weird. Yeah. Like, like can, you, can you imagine, like, the Bruins in the conference finals and – uh. Like, like, Lelina Solmark has a deal to go back to fucking Sweden already. Like, wouldn't you be like, talk about one foot out the door? Like, I don't know. Like, Mike, it just. Mike Smith makes the long skate. Oh, I can't even imagine the freak out he's about to have. 
Uh, I love the guy's story, man. I really do. I love a good journeyman, but, like, this always happens to him. He always loses the first or maybe even second game. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah, I mean, there's that, that sixth goal was really not a whole lot he can do about it. He was screened and it went off the guy's arm and in. Like, right. how how do you fault him for that? That's, you can't. You know, it wasn't like when he let a slap shot in from the red line. That was Calgary. That was a that was a that was a lob that he lost in the lights. Like he, he went up in the straight up into the crowd and like like that was I mean I, I'll say that that wasn't like a Vesa Toscala kind of thing. That was just like that was kind of shit luck where he he hit it. You know he lobbed it perfectly. When he lobbed it, I think he couldn't see it leave the guy's stick because he had a defenseman in front of him. It went up into the crowd, and then it perfectly came down, like, right over his shoulder. Like, yeah. talk about a million-dollar... Uh... Hockey gods, force of nature kind of sit. Yeah. Wild. Oh, seriousness. Wild. This series, this series is going to be wild, though. It really is. I mean, the speed and skill between these two teams is unreal. And it's, it's, it's totally, yeah, it's insane. I'm way more excited for this series than I am New York-Tampa. I'll be honest. I didn't even watch most of the uh, last round. I watched game six and seven just to see what happens. But uh, you know, I didn't even bother with the other ones. So this will be good. This is going to be good. Even though it's 6-3, it feels like a much tighter game. Like, we just watched these two teams trade for a, a while there. And, well, I mean, uh, look no at Calgary. Obviously, Colorado's better than Calgary, you know, more explosive. But, I mean, Calgary won game one of the last series. What was it, like eight to six, nine to six yeah. or something? So, I mean, you know, it's not – we'll see. A lot can happen. I mean, Edmonton's a good good quality team. They got Connor McDavid, and you're never out of it when you have him and Dreisaitl. So, right. I mean, I don't expect this – I'll be shocked if this was a sweep. I mean, would you? Oh, yeah, there's no way. Yeah, no, this game, this series going seven games. No doubt, seven all the way. Plus, I think if it, I think if they're losing big in game two, I mean, even in game one, like, watch for Cassian or Kane to do something as far as, uh, you know, a big hit or something to try and swing the momentum. Oh, yeah. I, I would, in all these games, like, even even last night when it got out of hand, like, I was, I was saying to myself, keep your head up in this game. You know, someone might take a shot at somebody. But uh, it didn't end up coming to fruition. But, I mean, that used to be a rite of passage in the NHL playoffs. Yeah. The team got up or down uh, four goals. You know, Keith Jones used to tell this story about uh, Tim Hunter, D- Dale Hunter, be like, oh, guys, we're down four goals. It's time to stir stir up the pot, stir the shit up. And, you know, scrums and fights and, you know, cheap shots. Right. So, see. It's a gentleman's league now. You can't do stuff like that. I mean, you can, but it doesn't get you much. So, I mean, you know, there's still, I mean, you can still hit a guy clean, like Philip, uh, you know, Jacob Truba, um, absolutely crossed Jarvis last night. That was a legal hit. That was a beautiful hit. Yeah. Yep. No, that was a good one. I agree. Boys, we're coming up to the end of this episode. So let's whirl around, do some final thoughts. I mean, I know we've been talking about a couple of key things here, but of course, the big takeaways for the Bruins, a disappointing end of the season, but a promising future, depending on what the moves are. And, Merrill, you said it, I think, uh, either this last offseason or possibly the one before. I forget. But you said this is going to be one of the most important offseasons of the Boston Bruins of modern day. And that is probably the truest thing that will be happening this offseason. Depending on what they do, who they sign, and where, what direction we go in, it's going to tell an awful lot. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I hate watching this team lose. So let's uh, let's get it going. Uh, Merrill, start us off, buddy. Yeah, I just want to say, uh, you know, I, I posted that on Twitter. I, I don't think it was hyperbole, and you, you, you stole my thunder. What I was going to say, uh, let me know what the lottery numbers are tonight if you're already stealing them. <laughs> they uh, predict in the future there. But, um, yo, this is six, the seven, important... five, three, oh, nine. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah, exactly. The, this is the most important offseason they've had in 15 years. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and, you know, they've, they've got some building blocks, but they've also got a lot of holes to fill. And, um, you know, second line center, maybe they need to, you know, pretend potentially two centers and, uh, you know, more snarl on the back end on the second and third pairs. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, it's going to be interesting off season. I'll just say this. 
like after the Stanley Cup, within the next like few days of the Stanley Cup being awarded, I think you're going to start seeing some some news pop with the Bruins as far as decisions. Obviously, Bergeron's going to make, and then you know everything's going to trickle down. That'll be the first domino. That's all I got. Yeah, nope, could not agree with you more, Merrill. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I think they need to get two or three forwards and add another. I would throw in another right-handed D as well as a left-handed D. Um, really beefing up that core. I think we're good in net with Swain, and I think he's going to take the reins. But, you know, the next few months are going to be very interesting, and we'll see what happens. Um, but just looking at the Edmonton-Colorado game, I think it's going to get a little more interesting now because both teams have their backup goalies in the net. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what happened to uh, Kemper? Kemper? What happened? I don't know. Elliot Freeman just put on Twitter a minute ago that Kemper has also left the game and Frank Coos is uh, in net for Colorado. Oh, my. I didn't even notice the change. That so is this, getting wild. This game, this game could change drastically because I'm pretty sure Edmonton has the better of uh, – backup goalies in that right now. Oh, uh, snap-a-doodles. But, hey, real quick, though, hats off to um, Evander Kane. We all know that the the issues he had off, he's had off ice with his basically, you know, becoming broke and all the stuff, drama with his wife, but this guy has legit come to play since he's joined the Edmonton Oilers. And he's now the one of 10 players in NHL history to score 13 goals in the first 13 playoff games, you know, yeah, the guy is, the guy is absolutely on fire. I mean, you know, I mean, between him probably knowing that this is his last shot and he's like, wow, I'm playing with the best player in the world. Like if I can't do this, I can't do nothing. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, you know, shit or get off the pot time in that regard. So. Yeah. Right. No doubt. No doubt. Well, on that happy note, boys, if that's all we got, then that's what we got for the people here on another episode of Causeway Kings on the WMEX Sports Podcast Network. Find us online at our mothership website, WMEXBoston.com. And as always, for uh, myself, for Beacon, Clance, and Marshall, and BJ, by the way, and Chiggs, we don't forget nobody, no how, no way. Hope everybody has a great night. Boys. Be well and stay in touch with yourselves, all right? Stay safe, everyone. Absolutely.